Oops, sorry, mic was off. Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Chet. Chet Czar with another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. Episode 173, I've got another Ryan this week. This time it's Ryan Case. Ryan is a Dark Art Society member and uh, kind of an underrated artist, I think. So hopefully this, this podcast will help raise his profile a little bit. He's doing something uh, that's really different within the dark art community. So I thought uh, I thought he'd be a good interview. And he's also really kind of upbeat and I just I like his I like his vibe and I like his art. So that will be today's episode. It's a great interview. And um, yeah. So let's see. What's what's going on? I I actually got my, this is what I've been working on. I had an insane day, a, a long day working on the dystopia book where I finally was able to do mock-ups to send to the graphic designer. And it looks so amazing. It looks so good. I'm so, I was so, I'm just so excited once again about the book. I was really, you know, for the last few years, it's just been uh, constant stress and anxiety and worry, and I've been really kind of battling that to try and get, you know, inspired about it um, when I worked on it. But, you know, there was a lot of drudgery involved. But anyway, I got finally got to a point where I could start doing mock-ups, and the book looks so good. So I can, you know, this I'm just doing mock-ups for my idea of how the book should be divided up. Kind of Mike and I talked about it and uh, arranged into sections and how the pictures will be roughly. And then I'm going to send that over to Mackie Osborne, our graphic designer, and then she can work her magic and make it actually look good. But just my quick mock-ups are, they look so cool. I'm so excited. So that's a huge milestone for me. And that means that I'm literally, you know, probably a couple weeks from handing stuff off to her. Um, I, I did about two thirds of the book, mocked it up, and um, so now we'll have some kind of language for Mackie and I to talk about, as far as you know, what the book's all about and uh, where to place this and that. The map came out really good. It's it's gonna be so cool. It's gonna be so cool. I'm just super excited about it. So that's what's been going on in my life. I've got. The next two months pretty much open to finish everything on the book. Um, and that's all I'm focusing on. I've got, you know, little things here and there in between, but primarily I'm, I'm working on this book. So I, I'm going to, I'm probably going to get the, I'm probably going to get it done this week, all the mocking up. And then it's going to be, you know, finishing up a couple poster uh, paintings, posters. God, I got tool posters on the brain. Anyway, um, so that's been what's been going on with me. Very exciting time. It's kind of amazing how it's changed my whole attitude about things. I'm just feeling so much better now. Um, so, so that's where I'm at. Okay, uh, let's see. New subscribers. Thank you for um, uh, Randall uh, Randall B. Perkins, a.k.a. Percasso. He always... He sends me a message after every episode and tells me where I left off because you know how I am. And uh, I can't keep track of where I left off on the 
new subscribers. But Randall always hooks me up, so thank you, Randall. You're greatly appreciated. That's a that's a service you do for us. I appreciate that. Okay, uh, we've got two new subscribers this month, this week, week not month. Um, Brandy Reed, thank you, Brandy, and P Piot Piotr, P I O T R. I was never sure how to pronounce that name. I've seen it before, but anyway, thank you for joining. And uh, if you want to join, it's darkartsociety.com. It's only a dollar a month. You can join for a dollar a month and help support this podcast. And um, we've got the Zoom, Friday night Zoom art jams. We've got the secret Facebook group. We've got the website. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you know what we got. So it's only a dollar. And you keep it free for everyone when you donate. So, okay, that's it. The usual spiel. All right, let's get on with my interview with the amazing, the wild and crazy Ryan Case. Hope you like it. It's a good one. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Chet. We're recording now. Excellent. <laughs> It's Thank you exciting. Thanks so for having the podcast, dude. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks for coming on. I'm beaming with joy right now. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you wanted to come on because I talked to you about this a while back. And um, yeah, I'm just a, a big fan of your work. And uh, we were talking beforehand. I, I, I love what you're doing. And I love how you have a completely unique voice within the dark art movement. It's representational. But it's also, uh, uh, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's like, it's it's really not what, it, I like it because it stands out because you're using these bright colors. You're like a lot, uh, a lot more free with your brushwork than someone like me. It's like, it's a lot more expressive. It's, it's very expressive. It's got bright colors, which are, you know, not necessarily and it's got a lot of humor too which are things you don't always associate with the dark art scene so it's like i'm glad that 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 you're doing you're in this kind of in our little scene because you bring something totally unique to the table i think you know i really appreciate that and then it it means a lot that the little things that i kind of subconsciously put into it that other people are picking up on oh yeah good good yeah and the, and also your your um the other thing i mentioned as well is <clears throat> You break the stereotype of the brooding, depressed, <laughs> goth, dark artist that's always, you know, it's like that that's just such a it's 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 not really true. What I found is so many of the artists I interview, almost pretty much all of them I could think of uh, off the top of my head, have all been really kind of upbeat and positive and And you also show that in your just your kind of online presentation. You know, it's like a lot of humor and, and a positive, positive vibes and, yeah, you know, you so. yeah, totally. So I dig that. I totally, I totally went through the brooding phase though. Yeah. Everybody goes through the brooding <laughs> phase. <laughs> but then you're like, why the hell am I so pissed off? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pissed off for nothing. So. Right. Focus on your joy. Exactly. Well, you know, that can be, um, I don't know. You seem kind of into this 
you know cosmic stuff yeah you know and it's see and it and it is really true and i've seen this with a lot of people to where uh you know they have bad things happen to them and it just sets like a path for their entire life because they're it's like they're just focusing i mean you sh- it's not about deny being in denial of negativity it's more like you know you acknowledge it but you you got to focus on and be grateful for the positive things you have because i've seen people that just like they think negatively constantly and you just see yeah. situation negative situations keep coming up over and over and over for them and, you, and it's, it just becomes like this endless cycle you know yeah it, it totally snowballs that way and yeah. it builds power and before long you know that's the only thing you can focus on and you seem hopeless yeah and it seems and it and it's like because you're sort of creating this negativity in your life it seems like it's like it reinforces it that this is the way things yeah. are you know what i mean it's really it really is a vicious cycle yeah. so anyway you're not like that though so <laughs> <laughs> So that too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. It's like, you know, especially when you're getting on in years <clears throat> like I am, you, you know, you, you kind of see all the phases, you know, and yeah. it's like, it's cool to go through the phases. You just got to go through them and not get stuck in any of them. Yeah. You got to, you got to pick, you got to learn something from each phase before you can move on to the next. Right, right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. And then it's like, then it becomes a valuable uh, stage in your life you know yeah and at that point you're like i would do anything to get out of this point and then once you're past that you're like i wouldn't i wouldn't have changed it in the world because it taught me something that moved me further yeah totally absolutely that way you could be grateful for everything which i think is a great right. great attitude to have <clears throat> hard to have depending on the trauma you've experienced but but ultimately i think it's it's the most healthy uh way to be really yeah, it can help on every level. Yeah, so. absolutely. Okay. Anyway, let's get on. Yeah. Let's get out of that heavy stuff for now. I want. I want to know your history and where you're at. Where are you from? Yeah. Where you started? And you know all that stuff. I grew up in a small Kentucky town called Maysville, Kentucky. Oh. Um, I I love that town. Uh, it's so weird. <laughs> Seriously, it's the nexus of the universe. Everybody has some sort of connection with it that I've met. And uh, there was even a, a steakhouse on uh, Times Square in New York City, and the theme of it was my hometown. Oh, weird. Ma- yeah. <laughs> What's it called again? Maysville, Kentucky. Maysville? Yeah. Huh. It must be how, – how, it's small. Yeah, it's it's pretty small town. Um, it's a little bit smaller, I guess. I don't know. It <laughs> wants to be a big town, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's pretty I'm, I'm really happy with the progression they've done there but it, it's such a weird town and uh i always had this theory that like right underneath the second street which is like the main downtown strip was like this river of ooze like in ghostbusters 2 <laughs> pulled all this paranormal stuff to this town <laughs> and, uh, it was just a weird place to grow up but i i had a great childhood growing up there yeah yeah yeah, that's funny. It's weird that you say that because P- San Pedro was like that. I, I grew up in San Pedro, and it's like a work blue collar working class um, port town. You know, everyone works on the docks or longshoremen. That's pretty much like the the major yeah. form of employment there. But 
it seemed like there was always weird stuff happening in Pedro. I mean, you know, maybe it was my family. <laughs> it was part of it, but, <laughs> but, uh, there was, there's always really colorful, crazy people in downtown. And it just seems like, uh, there was a lot of weird shit happening. Yeah. Um, and, and it makes me it, that, that, uh, analogy of the, the, um, the ooze running under the city <laughs> makes you think. I bet you, I bet you, San Pedro had that too. <laughs> it's just this giant river going through the country. <laughs> so where are you, where are you at now? Uh, we live in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, okay. So wow, what's what's it like in Kentucky? I don't think I think I've driven through there one time, maybe. Louisville is completely different than the rest of Kentucky, I'd say. Oh, it's, really? Uh, it's a really cool town. Um, Lots of things going on all the time. Pretty big art scene. Um, you got the whole fucking derby bullshit. That oh, that's right. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we made a good decision by moving here. We moved here about uh, say eight or almost nine years ago. Oh, okay. And you like it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we love it. Cool. Yeah, it's like a, it's 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 a. Uh, uh, I'm guessing a little more. Less conservative, maybe, than yeah. a lot of Kentucky. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> we're, we're a whole vegan family, so it's nice to be able to go to a restaurant and, you know, a completely vegan restaurant, not have to worry about anything on the menu. That's that's kind of, um, you know, when you think Kentucky, you don't think there's a vegan <laughs> restaurant at all of Kentucky, but people don't realize that, uh, I forget where, there was another person I was talking to. Oh, it's maybe someone in North Carolina talking about a, a city that was super, you know, totally liberal. And, you know, you just never think of a vegan restaurant anywhere in Kentucky, but it's like it's the cities, you know, it's like their, yeah. their own little worlds kind of, you know, it's kind of shut off from the rest of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so ha, uh, have you always been into the weird stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was a weird kid since day one. Um I can remember my dad taking me to go see Gremlins when it first came out. And uh, I was just like, all right, little tiny monsters that scare the shit out of me, but I want to be their best friend. Right. <laughs> that's a, Yeah, yeah, that's my feeling with monsters also. That kind of does encapsulate that. <laughs> so you never got a uh, – did you get hassled for, for being into that stuff? I mean, when did you grow up? I don't know how old you are. What what, what years did you were you a kid? Uh, I, I was born in eighty. Oh, okay. Okay. So you... remember this year, I mean, I got, I didn't really get bullied, I guess. I mean, people made fun of the weird kid all the time, but I, I had my sketchbook and my friends. So, wow, it so never... you must, <laughs> your, your, your parents must've been cool. Cause it yeah. sounds like you handled, um, they were really cool about my art. They knew that that's, that's what I wanted, that that's what they know I was stubborn enough that that's what I was going to go for. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I still always got the talk like, well, when are you going to get a real job? And uh, all that. <laughs> fun. But for the most part, mom and dad have been really supportive of my work. That's cool. That's great. Yeah, I wonder. That's. Uh, I mean, I have that experience as well, but a lot of people my age didn't have uh didn't have that kind of support so i wonder if it's more generational in a way yeah you know what i mean um i'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty sure it it is because you got people that were people like me that were raised in the 70s there my parents grew up in the 
fifties. Yeah. You know what I mean? And your parents probably grew up, your your parents are probably like my age. <laughs> no, not, yeah. not that, not, no, no, they're probably a little older than me, but, uh, Anyway, sorry, I'm just going off on a tangent. So, okay, when did you, uh, uh, what, what, did you have any art school history or anything like that or, or, or what? No, I always drew by myself, uh, sketchbooks. Uh, I had the, uh, I remember I was at a, a book fair in grade school and they had uh, how to draw comics the Marvel way. Mm, yeah, I think I had that book. I bought that, I had traced the shit out of that book till I tore through the pages Tracing is underrated. You know, tracing is a really good way for kids to learn how to draw. It taught me basic shapes and placement, and uh, it helped me so much in just the early years. And uh, I bought that book, and I was like, okay, I want to be a comic book artist. That's all I want to do. Oh, wow. So I drew and drew and drew and did did as much art as I possibly could. But the school I went to wasn't really – they didn't give a shit about art the art program. Uh, I think I was one of the first kids to actually take all four years of art in high school. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it was, it was kind of the class that was basically like study hall, but you get to play with Play-Doh. Right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, where was I going? That sounds that? like a good class. <laughs> study <laughs> yeah. hall, but you get to play with Play-Doh. <laughs> my, se- my senior final in art, uh, we were supposed to recreate our favorite, um, uh, piece of uh renaissance art so I, I i think it was who the fuck sculpted it rodan it was a sculpture of pan that i wanted to redo in clay mm-hmm. they, they had play-doh <laughs> really play-doh literally play-doh like, teacher brought out play-doh for me and i'm like <laughs> i need clay to sculpt this and then we're gonna fire it and it's gonna look fucking awesome she's like no we didn't have it in the budget so here's play-doh <laughs> that's almost like high concept art, you know, to do like, to do I could see it. One of these, one of these, uh, you know, goofy blue chip bastard artists doing, doing like, like the, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, what's the, the the Pieta, the, the Mike in (laughs) Plato. Well, yeah. So that, the, yeah, my art. I had like an a, an AP class, art class in high school, which was kind of to get you ready for college, which I ended up bailing on at the last minute. But that was my favorite class. It was like it made all of the rest of school worth it. Yeah, to, you know, to be able to go to art classes. So it's like the teacher was pretty good too. So um, I went yeah. to the uh, local community college, uh, Maysville Community College, for half a semester, and one of the the art professors there, Jeanette Dickinson, super awesome awesome teacher like super thoughtful like really got involved with her students uh i was taking her basic art classes and she was seeing what i was doing she's like you you don't have to do this put the seashells away you can just make whatever you want wow so for for the entire half semester i just sculpted this giant dragon out of a sculpey wire armature (laughs) by the end of the uh my time there i was like i'm i'm tired of college i just want to be a, some weirdo <laughs> like i'm gonna leave college and move to louisville with a friend of mine and i gave her the statue i think she still has it oh uh, cool yeah it's amazing what a what a uh what a difference a good teacher can make you know yeah i mean it makes all the difference especially in art or any class really but yeah yeah my art teacher in high school is mrs works i never give her enough credit but uh she used to ha- hassle me because I I would not 
mix uh, complementary colors to to gray my colors down, and <laughs> insisted on using black. And you know, I, I I was such an asshole to her in that way. Like I I wasn't an asshole, you know. I'm pretty mellow, but I yeah. just was so stubborn. I was so dumb. It's just like such a difficult to high school <laughs> kid. I don't know how they deal with kids. Oh, but okay. So you moved to Kentucky. Um, I mean to uh to Louisville. Yeah, I moved to Louisville a couple of years right out of high school, um, and then I moved back to Maysville. Oh, okay. Yeah. How come? <laughs> oh, got tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And Maysville's super cheap. Oh, so. I bet. Yeah, yeah. And then you moved back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then we moved. Well, it was uh, my wife's thirty-eighth uh, birthday, and uh, I was like, you know what we're gonna do? We're just gonna drive to Louisville. My parents are going to keep the kids. Uh, we had one kid at the time. Um, we're going to park on Bardstown Road, go to some record shops, some restaurants. And uh, we're we're big believers in, you know, following signs and shit like that mm-hmm. and following your and, and, you know, every now and then we'll point out cardinals that we see. Like, you know, up in the tree, hey, there's a red bird there. And uh, we're at dinner. Um, where's that going? Oh, we're at dinner talking about... Uh, I'd be cool to move to Louisville, finish dinner, walk over to this little uh, record shop, and we're going through the posters. And uh, the last poster on the rack is uh, an art print from a friend of mine now uh, of a cardinal. And I point to it, and I'm like, hey, Redbird. And she's like, do you want to move here? <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. I was like, okay. Five days later, we had everything packed up. <laughs> wow, that's the way to do it, man. <laughs> I was like, I quit my job of eight years. I was a tattoo shop manager and a piercer uh, at a shop called Doll Star Tattoo. Um, I just packed everything up and said, sorry. I kind of felt bad about leaving that way, but I was like, you know, you just get that you get that sign and you just got to take it. Uh, I'm a big believer in that, you know. <laughs> that's That's awesome. And it, and it oh, yeah. was and it was a good decision too. You yeah, you know, yeah, totally. best decision ever. It's so cool. I love those stories. <laughs> <laughs> so you were okay. How did you get in the? You were a piercer. Were you, how did you get into that job? We well, uh, we, we skipped that whole part. <laughs> uh, actually, one of the guys that got me into painting, JJ uh, Osman, uh, opened up a tattoo shop in Maysville, and uh, I was kind of like the shop hang around guy. Uh-huh. And I'd, up and then uh before long i was you know cleaning up after the uh the tattoo artist uh handling phone calls appointments uh for a while i was sleeping in the back of the place <laughs> <laughs> basically living rent free in my job uh, and uh the piercer wanted to learn how to tattoo so he took on tattooing and didn't want to pierce anymore and i had basically kind of helped him along for the past couple of years so i was like you know what i'll I'll be the piercer. Wow. So I piercing and I did that for several years and uh, I just got burnt out on it. What was that like? I can't even, that's like gotta be, unless you're like, you know, some people are really into piercing and getting piercings and like they're in, into it, you know, it it just, but for like someone who's not, I mean, I used to have a septum piercing. I've got, I've got piercings, but it's like, I can't imagine you know, doing that as a profession, it must be pretty hairy. I don't know. <laughs> it was interesting. In the beginning, the first couple of years, like, I fucking loved it. I loved the innovation of it. I loved, uh, 
you know, trying different piercings on people and, uh, you know, trying new stuff. But after a while, it was like, it's a paycheck. It's a job. Yeah. Um, I don't want to stick my hands in somebody else's mouth anymore. <laughs> in the slow time, um, in the slow time at the shop, I was painting. Oh, okay. And the guy that owned the shop, JJ, he'd come over, give me tips every now and then. And uh, he really helped me out a lot in the beginning uh, with a ton of stuff. I owe that guy a lot. Um, That's cool. But after a while, I was realizing that, uh, oh, no, first time I sold a painting. Okay. I was painting at the shop and, uh, JJ had just finished a tattoo on a dude and the dude comes out and he's like, Hey, how much, how much for the painting is a portrait of Frankenstein. And I was like, I have no clue. It's like my second or third painting I've ever done. I've never <laughs> sold. He's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. I was like, well, this is all I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Didn't that first sale feel so good? Yeah. And I was like, all right, how can I monetize everything I do? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's great. The uh, art online on Etsy, I would buy uh, those little precious moments, uh, fucking figurines at the dollar store, uh -huh. for like a buck piece, and I'd turn them into zombie wedding cake toppers. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> and for a while on Etsy when it first started. Really? Yeah, it was wow. amazing. <laughs> when was this? So when did you start? That'd be like 2006 or seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So then you, uh, all this time you were uh, uh, painting as well? Yeah. You know? And... Yeah. yeah. I started painting with, uh, I, I got really big into like uh, the Obey, Shepherd Fairy stuff and uh, Banksy and wanted to do a lot of graffiti stuff. But, oh, yeah. Uh, I saw that in some of your, some of your early stuff on your website. It looks kind of yeah. like stencil art. Yeah. Yeah. I started with stencils and uh, just building layers on top of those. But I wanted to do, Shepherd fairy shit, but with monsters and like Frankenstein. Yeah. If you, if you ever drive through Maysville, there's uh, little Draculas here and there, and <laughs> still up there, way way long ago. That's cool. And uh, yeah, I just started uh, layering over top of that shit and uh, trying new stuff. And like uh, a friend of mine told me about uh, Basil Gogos. Oh, and I yeah. picked up books and just. Ah, it's still on my shelf. It's one of my favorite things to look at. Oh, I love it. yeah, Basil Gogos was the man. I mean, that's like you know, I'm always I'm always people ask me my influences and it's always Frazetta, Bekshinsky yeah. and Giger. But Basil Gogos is right up there and it's like I kind of always forget to mention him because he I was getting I was probably into Basil Gogos before I was into any of those guys because I used he used to do the famous monsters yeah. co covers of the magazine and those are from like i was i was had a subscription to that magazine when i was probably let me see i don't know nine or ten years old so it's like those got me <laughs> early and if you look at my what i'm doing it's like monster portraits it's yeah. it's you know it's super influenced by basil gogos you know it was totally unconscious but he he was such a huge influence on me amazing it's shit you can totally tell his influence on me with the colors and everything. Right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's funny because it's like I took kind of I, – I sort of stole his concept in a way of monster portraits, but then I'm using more muted uh, Bekshinsky colors and Frazetta <laughs> colors and stuff like that. But um, That's what I did to you. <laughs> what's that? Yeah. <laughs> 
just added color back to it. <laughs> no, it's cool. I, 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 if I had any, any, uh, any influence over what you're doing, I, that's an honor because I, I, like I said, I really dig what you're doing. Um, so, so it was that first sale is, is what really got you yeah. going like, that, I'm going to be an, I'm going to be a professional artist now. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. It took me, it, it was probably a good five or six years after that before I was like, I'm an artist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I was like, okay, I, I work at UPS and I paint when I can, or, uh, I'm a body piercer and I paint in my free time. Right. Right. So, and then it got to a point where I was just like, no, fuck that. I'm an artist. This is what I wanted to do since I was a child. And yeah, that's it. I saw one of your posts. Uh, I think one of your friends said, uh, the three rules to being a successful artist, make as much art as possible. Uh, put it in front of as many eyes as possible and then don't give yourself a backup plan. Yeah, that was Gabe Leonard. <laughs> yeah. I saw that post. I fucking scribbled it down in my notebook as soon as I saw it. I was like, fuck it, yes. Oh, this awesome. is what I need. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll have to tell him that. I yeah, I thought that was that uh, was an excellent uh, excellent quote also. <laughs> no backup plan. Um so this was like, you know, what a what's it like being an artist or how to be an artist that I always give them that advice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really, that's really, that was my approach as well. When I was starting out, it was like, you know, I'm going to, okay. I, I kind of see how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to need to spend a bunch of money that I don't have buy a printer buy a bunch of, I mean, I bought, you know, learning the whole printing process back in 2000 early 2000s all that shit was expensive i had no money so yeah. it's like okay i'm gonna put this on credit cards because that's all i got <laughs> and so i just was financing everything with credit cards so it was like this has to work or else i'm gonna be fucked you know right. because i'm just getting myself further in debt with this and you know i really didn't have a a back i guess i had a backup plan in the sense i could go back to makeup effects so that's not true but that was almost like having no back backup plan cuz i didn't want to do yeah. that anymore i was done with that um okay so anyway back to you so uh what year was this where you where you kind of made that decision um you 2005 you're saying or guess it'd be 2007 i guess okay. is when I when we officially started Sink or Swim Art Studio. Oh, what's Sink, or, what's Sink or Swim Art Studio? It was kind of like uh, my wife and I's combined effort. Oh, cool. Uh, I did, she does uh, uh, handmade jewelry, poetry, stuff like that. Awesome. Uh, That's right. You're yeah. like an art family. Yeah. Yeah, we're all we're all a bunch of weirdos. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking talented. It makes me what's sick. That? What's that? What's that? <laughs> my kids are so talented. It makes me sick. Really? yeah that's great how yeah. cool is that it's it's amazing watching them grow and uh just develop their own their own styles mm -hmm. and it's it's that's that's magic right there yeah <laughs> how old are they uh lucas is he'll be 13 in september and juniper is she'll be 11 in october oh wow yeah, yeah my my granddaughter is gonna be 11 and then my, my other younger one is going to be, shit, 10. I can't believe it. It's insane. <laughs> it's going so fast. Um, 
Oh, dude, it's like when Facebook memories hit you and it shows like baby pictures. I'm like, that was like two months ago. <laughs> I know, right? What the hell? <laughs> I know. The older you get, I'm telling you, time speeds up somehow. I, I mean, it's it's a cognitive thing, I'm sure, but it, time goes so fast. What's that? Slow it, I'll slow it down with meditation. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, meditation goes. That's the thing. When you, when you stop thinking and you're meditating, you know, especially when you don't want to do it, you know, because it's like I'm I'm on a, a a hardcore schedule now, so it's like I have to do it every day just to to, yeah. to keep the routine up. And the days you don't want to do it, twenty minutes, that's like the minimum I'll I'll give myself. Twenty minutes feels like fucking three hours when you don't want to do it. It's funny how time changes like that. So are are you a meditator? Yeah, I am definitely. Uh, oh, I got cool. My- my little altar set up outside, so no matter the weather, if it's raining, snowing, 100 degrees outside, I'm in the same spot meditating. Oh, that's so cool. You do it outside? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What an awesome idea. I never even thought of that. Just make sure you're covered. <laughs> yeah. That absorb the elements. <laughs> right, right. That's a great idea. That's a great idea, huh? So how long have you been doing that? Um. I, I've always kind of meditated. Uh, I never really did it, um, I guess, on a schedule up until recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always, I guess, I should say, I I used to think I'd meditated. <laughs> what do you What do you mean by that? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm, I, I'm still here. I'm just. Oh, you're good. I'm trying to cover the well, sound. Well, I would sit and I'd be quiet, but I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't put much thought into it. Or focus into it, I guess. But you were like doing I, you were doing it for the the purpose of of what of I mean, were you doing it thinking I'm meditating, or were you just doing yeah. it because? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Thinking <laughs> I'm meditating, but still like in my head, like running through everything I need. To oh, do right, <laughs> just doing it very quietly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what happens if you're if you're if you don't keep pulling yourself back to the present, you yeah. end up just thinking. But you know what I found lately? I actually was doing this this morning. I, I found myself doing this. Um, if you, you can have really amazing, if you go in with the intention of, you know what, I'm going to think about solving this problem, you know, first I'm going to take a few minutes and I'm going to get my head clear and then I'm going to allow myself to think on this one problem. I notice I'm getting really clear. I can, I can think of the, how to solve the problem really clearly. So it's like a really kind of a good, good way to think better too, when you need to. You know what I'm saying? It's a great way to think about it. Yeah, yeah, but for the most part, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing the focusing on my breathing and trying to, trying to have, you know, no thoughts. Yeah. Which is hard when you're. <laughs> I think it's especially hard when you're a visual artist too. Yeah, the second you close your eyes, you're like, okay, well, shit. Now I'm in this wild world. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about that a lot. How, how having such a vivid imagination is, is a kind of a, it's a blessing. I mean, I love it. I love having a vivid imagination, but it's kind of a curse too, because man, like, Oh, I guess it's partially because I have OCD uh, to some degree too, that I'll think of the thing I don't want to think of, you know, it's like an OCD, like don't think of that video where the ladies do that skinny ladies doing the exercise machine with her legs and then her legs get bent backwards. Do, Do you, have you ever seen that one? No, no, but thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lady, like, innocently 
in a leg machine going like and it's like it, it put you know it's like yeah. the machine though is on a motor so it's mm-hmm. giving you resistance yeah. as your legs come back and so you, you just keep bending your legs and it pushes your legs back and yeah. then when her legs straighten out one time they lock and so the machine starts coming up and they bend backwards at the knee it's fuck. it's so awful and she's just stuck there <laughs> And I saw that video. What's yeah? I saw that video once, and I was like, I can't. You know, there's there's visual visual things I've seen throughout my life that I I you know they they come in your head and you can see it. It's clear. It's clear as day. <laughs> like you know, when I was a kid, like none of the the horrible gore and uh, shit like that bothered me at all. And nowadays, I'm like, it doesn't really bother me. I'm just over it. Yeah, you know, that's so weird that you're saying that, because I swear to God, this morning, I was thinking that this morning, that's one of the things I was thinking about during my meditation, was that I am, I guess maybe because I was thinking about the, the lady in her in her legs, yeah. but um, I'm thinking, uh, I was thinking about how it, the older I get, the more it does bother me, actually, the, the gore and stuff like that. Like, when I was younger, I used to look at, you know, for the shock factor, look at... I- Rotten.com. Like the- remember Rotten.com? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like horrible, horrible shit. But now it's like I can't. I, I, I don't know why, but it's it affects me a lot more than it used to. Animal stuff has always affected me. Like I've never been able to, to, to see any of that stuff. That's just terrible. That's the stuff that really gets me. But anyway, how did we go off on this horrible tangent? It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> awfulness <laughs> i was talking we were talking about the lady and her legs bending backwards and med- okay meditation that's where we were <laughs> yeah back to meditation all right here we go yeah i've been doing that's the total thought process too right <laughs> exactly meditation next thing you know you're talking about the most horrible thing you can think <laughs> exactly um yeah i've been i i think i'm on two two or three years now on a schedule and it, man it's made such a such a difference like yeah. The last 20, maybe 30, last 30 years I've meditated, but you know, after two weeks or a month, I always just start, it's, I start slacking with it. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I don't meditate for a month or six months. Then you keep going back and you feel guilty. But man, when you do it on a schedule, I'm seeing such huge changes in just kind of like in my overall life, how, how much... Right better it's gotten you know yeah and so. it's all about perspective too it's all about, uh, what's that it's all about perspective too how do you mean um who said the quote i can't think of the name of the author but he said uh change the way you look at things and the things you look at change oh yeah that's a good one and the way, uh the way we re- we react to any situation can determine the outcome of that situation quicker so with meditation, I totally lost my train of fucking thoughts. Welcome to my <laughs> world. <laughs> no, you're saying, I get it. Uh, well, pre- I guess it uh, slows down your reaction. Right. Well, you're not. Reaction yeah, to you, yeah. you absorb the situation clearer. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. You're able to, uh, you're just not, you, you don't panic as much. Right. You know, basically. Yeah. And don't forget to bring a towel. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't panic. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. 
Oh, I, <laughs> I don't. I've I, I've never read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Me either. I just saw the movie. <laughs> I don't. I saw parts of the movie. It's one of those yeah. one of those things I need to do. Anyway, okay. <laughs> um. So okay, let's go back. Let's go back. Um. Uh, I want to hear about your your art career and how it's developed over the years and kind of where you're at now with it, you know? Yeah. How to, um, how it started off and the cake toppers and all that. Yeah. It started off, uh, selling on Etsy, uh, carving into the little figurines with the Dremel kit and making zombies out of them, skulls and splattering blood all over them. And, uh, moved on to, uh, stencil artwork and, uh, that moved on to acrylic paintings. Um, did a little bit of watercolors here and there, but I kind of stuck with acrylics. Mm -hmm. um, then uh, once we moved to Louisville, uh, I would just load up my van with everything I had and a table and either take it around to different galleries and be like, hey, this is what I do. Interested? Nope. Cool. Do you know where any other galleries are? <laughs> or uh, I'd set up a table on the side of Bardstown Road in Louisville and just sell art till they told me to leave. Really? Yeah. That's like Gabe was saying also with the... Uh... Do, he's doing that in Venice. Yeah. You know, Venice Beach. But that's a little more, you know, kind of normal to sell, sell at <laughs> Venice Beach. I know, I know a, lot of, a, a lot of collectors that I've got now just from walking up on the streets and being like, hey, this is what I do. They're like, how much is it? Cool. There you go. Amazing. <laughs> wow. So were you um, working while this was happening or like a side uh, job or? The, back then, I was I was the body piercer at Tattoo Charlie's. Okay. Uh, I was doing piercing on the side, uh, artist full time then. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, uh, and then, uh, I stopped at, um, a gallery called Tim Faulkner gallery in Louisville. And, uh, I brought in one of my paintings and uh, I was talking to Tim, the owner for a little bit. And I was like, just moved into town. I was like, don't really know anybody, but this is what I do. And he's like, do you have any more? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. I got a whole station wagon full out and <laughs> He's like, we'll bring it in and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll show your work. I was like, sweet. Awesome. Cool. Little, little like punk rock gallery. Show oh, cool. Nobody knew who I was. And, uh, I met a lot of cool people through that place. Um, when was this, this was that the 2009, I guess. Okay. 2009, 2010. Yeah. When we just moved here. That's awesome. And uh, then we got uh, hooked up into kind of like local shows, local art shows. Uh, they've got a cool, uh, uh, it's called the Flea Off Market. Um, different vendors and stuff can set up. Um, it was really cool in the beginning because it was all like local handmade stuff. Mm -hmm. We made a bunch of art friends and uh, kind of got set up through other shows through that stuff. Um, so you were doing this like, this was all pretty much local. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, local. Yeah, local to Louisville. We'd travel every now and then to like uh, Cincinnati or Lexington if we could, just because they're so close to us, like within an hour, hour and a half drive. Um, but we never really traveled the country or anything doing shows. That was that was our goal, though. Our final goal was to have an RV and just travel the world and, or travel the country and never stop. Wow. <laughs> but try different stuff and check out the old uh, roadside attractions. And right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's easier said than done after talking yeah. to Mike about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about it. I guess. What's that? Uh, I've been following his Patreon too. Oh yeah, right. 
it's a, it sounds like it like an easy life but it's 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 actually really hard when you see someone yeah. doing it oh yeah well, that's what everybody says about the art world they're like oh you sell paintings ah oh, that must be so nice <laughs> right yeah it is nice sure it's yeah. nice it's not easy <laughs> though <laughs> so okay uh so this is how you you so you established yourself locally yeah and yeah, kind of just shoved myself in everybody's faces for that's, a while that's what you got to do though that's great i mean you know i can't tell you how many people there's so many great artists that aren't willing to do that you know right. and i mean i've had people turn me down that are amazing turn me down just to be on the show because because they're too shy and it's like you can't you know you can't have that attitude you know you can't you gotta you gotta the be the way I've always dealt with, like, as soon as you sent me the message asking me to be on the, the podcast, like, my initial thought was like, fuck yes, this is awesome. And then the second my fear kicked in, it was like, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, cancel right now. Like, you're going to look like an idiot. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's the, but that's, that's, that's the way it goes, you know, yeah. that's how the mind works. That's how, that's how I felt. I guess the difference is, you you do it anyway that's the difference right. you have to force yourself to do it because it's none of this shit is comfortable especially i mean going into a gallery especially you're new in town going <laughs> into a gallery with your personal expression of your your inner being right. <laughs> and be like am i good enough for you you know that takes a lot you got but you got to be willing to suffer that pain of re rejection and just the uncomfortable you know, going and talking to someone you don't know, it's like, you just, you have to just do it. You, there's no, you know. And, and the best part about doing it and getting rejected and having those doors close in your face is after a while, you don't give a fuck. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't want my shit? Okay, cool. There's a billion other places that fucking will right now. Totally. Like, right now is the possibly best time for anyone trying to make it as a creative. For sure. Because we have the fucking internet. Yeah. Like, that can't you be overstated. Millions and millions and millions of people at the drop of a button. Right. Yeah, it's changed everything for for yeah. artists specifically. You know. Yeah, just get your shit out there. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what was there a point when when you really started? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know when you when you noticed you're able to like really start supporting yourself exclusively with your artwork or are you still kind of like doing side jobs or um it's always been it's always been kind of a struggle to support mm -hmm. uh support ourselves but it's always like okay we have this much money and bills coming up what can we do like right. what paintings do i have that i can start hustling like uh what collectors can i message be like hey you looking for anything right now or uh you know, I, I collect tons of shit, like toys, I books. I can see in the background. <laughs> and, Actually, like, let me take a uh, well, let me take a picture of. No, I want, I want you in it too, if you don't mind, for Patreon. Uh, let me see. Oh, come on, smile. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the expression I needed. Okay, cool. <laughs> so anyway. I really don't have any emotional attachment to it. I just like it. So if, you know, times get tough, I'm like, hey, I got this to sell. Or right. it's like that 
that study I won from you off the uh, the inter- uh, Instagram contest, like time got tough. I had to let that go to another Chet collector. Well, that's the great thing about collecting art, you know, yeah. is that you can cash it in if you need to. I mean, I tell yeah. it to everybody, I, you know, that's, I, that's yeah. like a cool added bonus. <laughs> you can visit it every now and then too. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you're, uh, yeah, it sounds like I, I know that story well, the, the monthly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's one of my favorite things about this podcast, though. And I think I started listening, uh, I started really paying attention to it uh, around episode 100 of the Brahm episode. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. And like when going back and listening to the artist interview she did, there's so many similarities to us all. And living in this this art studio world where we're all in these little cubicles like before the podcast and the internet we were all like well i'm the only person like this right especially in may mayville kentucky or a small town like that you know what i mean i was a fucking martian in that town (laughs) we we all like we were vegans uh we decided to homeschool our kids uh (laughs) outspoken on you know animal rights uh we got reform at the animal shelter uh how cool that that town i don't want to say they hated us but we ruffled some fucking feathers and wow. it was awesome <laughs> that's that is awesome that's an accomplishment right there man it's great because when you go back now like they've got a brand new uh um uh, animal shelter facility uh the kill rate from the shelter went from 90 percent to two percent oh my god amazing yeah, they started putting animals online and adopting them out instead of just putting them down. And you and you helped do. To yeah, help? my wife. My wife really did. Uh, she was the more vocal of it. We ran a animal rescue for about uh, six years. An animal rescue. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. We would get as many of the animals out of the local shelter as possible and uh, transport them to Cincinnati and Lexington to different rescues. Um, That's amazing. And, uh, we went up against uh, the judge executive who happened to be my uncle at the time. <laughs> what? And we were like, hey, uh, we've got reports of animal abuse at the shelter. Um, we also have reports of these animals being put down for no reason at all, just because you guys are lazy. Um, we want to see some changes. And basically, we got the answer back, like, I don't tell him how to do his job. He doesn't tell me how to do mine. Oh, and my I God. Because it was my uncle, so I'm thinking, like, <laughs> I'm bringing you legitimate shit you need to be worried about since you're in charge of this. And he was basically kind of like, well, screw you. So I looked at her. She looked at me. I was like, all right, it's on. Check <laughs> <laughs> with the news. Uh, like, got the entire town riled up over it. We took photos of the shelter, leaked them online. Amazing. I didn't know this. This is like, wow, that's quite a, that's a huge accomplishment, man. I'm, I'm so proud of everything, everything they did. Wow. And it was, fun doing the animal rescue because she was like the she was the voice of it in the face of the 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 rescue and the online presence and i had bolt cutters so (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean what do you mean picking up you know abused dogs and she was finding the proper homes for them and wow oh so you got to do the field work kind of i got to do the fun stuff yeah (laughs) right right yeah my wife uh watches I, I watch them too, but she watches a lot of those videos. Uh, what is it? I think it's Hope for Paws, maybe. It's like an L.A. Yeah. group, that, and they do the videos where they go and get the animals. It's so cool. I mean, so amazing, so amazing. When did you, when did you 
how did you get this connection with animals? Because I've got um, the same thing where it's just like. I've always loved animals since I was a kid. Same here. Uh, I used to spend my summers out at my, my cousin's house in Mill Creek, which was right outside of Maysville, Kentucky. And uh, we would just camp down by the creek and run through the woods and pick up snakes. And, you know, I'd bring back turtles home. And mm-hmm. I always wanted more pets, but mom and dad couldn't really get me a dog or a cat or anything like that. So any creepy crawly thing that I could hide in my room, I tried to. I'm, but they, I, I'm sure it's 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 a, a big hunting place, right? A small small town in Kentucky. Everybody likes to hunt. Lots of uh, hunter's orange everywhere. <laughs> That's what I mean, you know, when I grew up with there wasn't hunting in San Pedro, that's for sure, but you know, it was kids with BB guns shooting birds and stuff, and that shit just always as long back as I can remember it was I never was okay with it. It always really just killed me to see it. Did you ever see the episode of the uh, the Andy Griffiths show where uh Opie kills a, a mother bird? No. And Andy has to he basically forces Opie to take care of the baby birds. Oh, and he's like it's basically a, a a life lesson of uh, if you're going to point a weapon at something, be prepared to take care of the consequences. Right. Uh, I used to watch that show religiously with my dad. And uh, I think after watching that episode, it really stuck with me. I wow. Was like, I, like, I, like a love for animals. I still ate meat. I eat meat. Right. Uh, I haven't, I've only been vegan for about 10 years now. Mm. But And then once... Uh, once Bridget was pregnant, no, she gave birth to our second child, but any time that uh, she would eat cheese or dairy and then breastfeed, uh, Gigi would throw up. Oh, wow. Weird. So we talked to our family doctor, and he was like, well, it's probably a you know severe lactose or uh, intolerance. We're like, okay. Uh, Bridget was like, well, I'll just cut dairy out of my life. And then we started to watch documentaries on uh, the dairy industry and the meat industry. Yeah. He's like, stone cold fuck it i'm straight vegan and uh i was a vegetarian for about six months and she looks at me and i'm like pouring cheese on my broccoli she's like just shit or get off the pot (laughs) (laughs) yep i know i yeah i i went vegan for a few years and uh i mean i stopped eating meat in 87 i think and for a while, I went vegan. I think maybe in the '90s, but it was hard back then. Um, oh, it's fucking easy now, like with the yeah, options. I know, especially yeah. yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's so much easier. But I kind of went back to vegetarian, but barely. You know, it's it's more like I can eat cheese. Like I can't eat meat just because it's yeah. like I, I had to. I had to. I was such a like a meat addict when I quit that. The only way I could quit was completely be, you know, a militant asshole. Not with other people, but like to <laughs> myself, like, this is horrible, the worst thing. This is like the same thing as cadaver meat, blah, blah, blah. So it's like I had to really make myself think of how disgusting it was and just like immerse myself in that perspective in order to get myself to quit because I was having issues like just from a con, you know, my conscience is like I'm an animal lover, but I'm eating meat. It's just like I can't. I have to stop at some point. And uh, so I can tolerate cheese and stuff now, and I, I'll eat it on occasion. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm pretty much vegan. I mean, 90% of what I eat is just like, <clears throat> you know, especially with the vegan cheeses now, they're pretty good. 
But they're finely good and don't taste like melted plastic. I know. <laughs> Man. Some yeah. of the some of the vegan cheese even now there's it's like you have to be careful because some are just like this doesn't ta- this doesn't taste like cheese at all it doesn't really taste like anything it's just nasty and it's like how does this stay in the stores who's buying this terrible <laughs> shit <laughs> what is it who's buying this awful shit yeah exactly so <clears throat> it's it's, it's... I do you remember though when we first uh, went fully vegan uh, buying the the vegan sour cream and hating it. Because I was like, this just tastes unnatural. It was like, it's awful. And then after about six months, I bought it again and tried it. And I was like, this is fucking delicious. Yeah. Like your buds totally change. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's like, you know, when you stop eating or drinking soda or something, and then you start again, and then it's really sweet. Or if you stop eating salt, then you eat regular food. It's like, whoa, this is so salty. Yeah, you get it. You become acclimated. Um, I had a. I had stomach problems really bad. Uh, a lot of acid reflux, ulcers. Really? Uh, and then it was pretty much about a month after uh, I cut dairy out of my diet. I was like, I haven't taken one single acid reflux pill. Oh, wow. I haven't taken one since. And I still love hot food and uh, spicy shit. I put hot sauce on everything. Wow. Like, not one bit of acid reflux or stomach problems since. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's it's, you know... I don't want to. I don't want to get in a soapbox here because I'm sure a lot of people yeah, eat, so eat meat. But I, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm 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 all about it. Okay. Anyway, back to art. Yes. So, uh, you establish yourself really at a kind of a grassroots level, kind of like a punk rocker, <laughs> kind Much, of yeah. a punk approach, you know, DIY yeah. approach. Um. Did you start? Uh, when, when did you start going? You know, big online because you're 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 like a big online dude now. I mean, that's that's how you sell now, mostly, right? Most of my sales are online now. Um, uh, I I really started on MySpace. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> like I would, uh, I I started contacting bands. That was my big thing. I was like, I want to do album artwork for bands, and uh, I've got this venue called MySpace where I can send them a direct message and they can talk to right back, right back to me. And, um, I met, uh, Tesco via the meat men. I did some artwork. For no them. way. Are you serious? I did like the artwork for their big backdrop. Oh, that's so, so cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> and, uh, then when Facebook came along, I was kind of like, nah, I'm kind of over it. I don't, I don't need social media, whatever. And once again, there's my wife. She's like, no, sell your art on this. Try it out. And I tried it out, and I was like making a few sales, and then uh, made a website for everything, and tried to get more legit looking and professional. And um, I found out that the best way to sell something online is to not. I know. I know when I post, I'm like, "Hey, I made this. Here's the website. There, you can go buy it." But the most interaction I ever get is like, "How are you guys doing? Like, what can I do for you?" Mm-hmm. Uh, you're having a shitty day? Well, you know, tell me about it. Maybe something in my life is similar and I can give you how I responded to it. And then uh, I started feeling better, like talking to these people about their own problems and uh, trying to steer them towards like, you know, get creative with your art. And I feel better after I make a painting. Like if I'm having a shitty day and I sit down and paint or if I'm frustrated or stressed out about bills or whatever and I sit down and paint, 
whenever I'm done, I feel better. Oh yeah. And then uh, I I did a uh, I got a couple uh, requests to do wine and canvas type classes uh, from a place in town, and I was like, okay, well that's cool, but you know I don't want to do a, a landscape or a fleur de lis or you know a cardinal. I was like, I, I want to do monsters. They're like, well, no, you have to choose from these things. <laughs> and I was like, well, no. I was like, I'm gonna say no to this. I was like, it, it'd be a decent paycheck, but I'd, I'd fucking hate it. And uh, once again, there's my wife whispering in my ear. She's like, a friend of your, a friend of yours owns a bar. Do your own class. And then I started uh, making monsters with Ryan Case, uh, adult class at uh, a place called Sidon Fattens, uh in town. And it went really well. It was awesome. Had a full class. Uh, I walked every, everybody through a step-by-step process of how I, you know, make those silly, goofy monsters. Uh, but as I was doing it, I was talking about, you know, we're adults. We're we're stressed out. That's You're in a bar. You're having a drink. I don't drink, but they were all having a drink. And I was like, you know, take whatever you're stressed out for that day, and we're going to make it into this red blob of paint. Like, just focus all your fucking stress and fear, whatever it is, into that blob of paint. And then by the end of the class, I was like, look at that fucking fear and stress, and it's fucking ridiculous. I was like, fucking laugh at it. Wow. And then the next day, I got, like, three or four messages from people who were in the class. They were like, do you teach kids' classes? And I was like, I do now. (laughs) Yeah, get this started. Amazing. The class was, like, the most amazing thing ever, because, you know, they have no filters. So, like, with the kids, I'm, like, really loose with the plan. I'm like, this is what I'm doing, okay? You can watch me. You can follow me, follow along with what I'm doing step by step. Or you can just make whatever the hell you want. I was like, you know. And then just walking around the table and listening to these kids bounce ideas off of each other. I'm like, I need to be recording this shit. And, <laughs> and then <laughs> it in my own studio. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that must have been incredibly rewarding. It is. And uh, a lot of the kids that come to the classes. Um, Are you, so you're still doing the, this is like well, a regular thing? It used to be until. Well, uh, oh, that's right. COVID. I, yeah, until everything got shut down for a year. Right. But a lot of the kids have uh, sensory issues. Um, you know, they're the weird kids that get picked on. Uh, they've got uh, self-esteem issues. So it's, it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Other than teach my own kids. Right. Like, in these classes is it's amazing wow do have you did you see have you seen uh, how long have you been doing those i mean how what was the length of time before covid hit it about two years oh wow years. yeah i did uh, one adult class and one kids class almost every month oh wow amazing so um did you see uh i don't know was it repeat was it the same people that would come to the classes there was about three or four kids that came to almost every class and did you uh, see like changes over oh, time especially with their art uh with the uh with their confidence um there's this one kid uh i won't give his name or anything but he was super shy could bear like would barely make eye contact with anybody had fun making his monster um a week later his mom uh, a week after the class his mom sends me a message she's like he hasn't stopped painting she's like he's reading better in school He's, uh, you know, just acting more positive. And then the next month he comes into this class. He's like, hey, this is all the stuff I've been making. He, like, showed me all this stuff. Wow. Awesome. That's so cool. 
That's like, uh, you know, a real public service, you know? Yeah, things like that and uh, feedback like that, it just, because you know how we are. We're, we're making the things that we make in our own little spaces and we don't really don't really know how it can affect someone else until they're like, hey, this is something you did and this is how it changed me. And it's like we're we're reaching farther than we can even imagine. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Wow. You know, I want you could you could always do uh uh Zoom classes with the kids. Yeah. You yeah, know? I've thought about uh, some Zoom classes. Um I just need to get a better phone, better camera. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so you're you're working, I mean, you're full-time on this? Yeah. With so yeah. uh that's yeah, that's cool. Uh you know one thing you could also teach is how to how to make it as an artist you know as a, seriously because it's it's really I, I think a lot of people the three hour class of me screaming <laughs> <laughs> no it's just like you know a lot of people um you you it's cool that you've taken advantage of your situation or you've 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 uh seen the situation you're in like what part of the world you're in and you're kind of like okay you're you're able to do it in this way by choosing, you know, uh, uh, you know, not moving to LA or everything's super expensive. And then you have to do way, sell way more shit. It's like, you're yeah. kind of like working within the, the, the parameters that you have and it's great. And, and it's like, you're able to do it. I mean, which is huge, huge accomplishment. Anybody who is supporting themselves entirely from their artwork, especially, especially if it's, you know, fine art and, and, and stuff like that. And, and not necessarily like working for a game company or something. I mean, yeah. that's a huge accomplishment. It's huge. And it's like, you know, we, we, we're so busy doing the work that we don't often stop and go, this is amazing. This yeah. is my job, you know? So, but I think that you could, uh, you could, I bet people would want to learn that how you just, how you did it, like your journey. So that would be something yeah. I would encourage you to do. I appreciate that, man. That's something I'll definitely look into. Yeah. You hear that? Get at me, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) So, what are, um, yeah, how, I guess the, uh, I guess COVID's affected how you're making your living somewhat since you haven't Uh, been doing classes and can't do conventions or or art fairs or gallery shows or. Stopped, uh, I kind of I was doing conventions for a couple of years, uh, horror conventions mostly. How'd you do there? And not good. No. Uh, how was, how how long were you there? How long? How many years did you do it? I started doing the Days of the Dead convention in, I think it started in, 2011. I did it for five years. And and you didn't see any. No. Because the best part was I I knew the. Uh, the promoters, so I would trade artwork for uh, that they would use as prizes and their uh, their giveaways and stuff for yeah. a free tape. That's so what I never I used... really invested into it. Yeah, so that's just... that's what I used to do for Hell City. I, I would yeah, <laughs> get a free booth for donating artwork. If you're an artist and you can barter with somebody, fucking do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, we had fun doing the conventions, and you know, became friends with a couple of the celebrities and uh, the kids. The kids were pretty much the main reason we kept doing it, um, just because they had such a fucking blast. Mm-hmm. And 
oh yeah, that's that's John Hurt. That's the dad from uh, Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but whatever. And uh, you know, the kids just fucking loved it. And uh, we never really made exorbitant amount of money at them, but they were just fun to do. Yeah. But I, I started. Think, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I I I think uh, I noticed that the more I became established in the same table. Yeah. The same place, the more sales I would get. So it's like, you know, it's. I think it's maybe because you're uh, at an earlier stage in your art career that yeah. it would take longer to establish yourself. Because I, th- I really think it's about, you know, just establishing yourself as an artist. Right. You know, but anyway, go, go on. Sorry. <laughs> we had fun doing it, but uh, like I said, you know, the money just wasn't there at the time. Um, and I, I think it was the uh the conventions we were going to mm-hmm. uh, i mean it was all kind of smaller uh horror shows like and with the uh the celebrity uh photo ops and shit that got really big and people were shelling down you know three four hundred dollars for you know, a photo op with a, a celebrity and not spending any money in the vendor room right I think a lot of the vendors too okay but I, I started to get away from like trying to do conventions and local fairs, and uh, I started doing pop-up galleries. Right, oh. load up my car with as much shit as I could, and uh, contact my friends who own bars and restaurants. Be like, hey, um, I'd like to come set up a table and you know do some live art, you know, from like seven o'clock till midnight. Is that cool? Do you have space? And then I started doing that, and uh, it would just kind of like shove my work in in front of eyes that normally wouldn't see it. And it was really cool. They started to to move a lot of artwork that way. Wow. Because it was just so fucking random. Right. You're like, hey, this nice little family is sitting down for their dinner, and there's me sitting on my easel fucking painting Frankenstein, you know, <laughs> driving hot rod some shit. <laughs> and uh, it just, it kind of opened up a few other doors for me, too. Um, just meeting really cool people. Even though... Uh, my favorite one, though, the first one I ever did was at a local restaurant called uh, Ramsey's Cafe on the World. It's a, it's an awesome, like, world food cafe. Um, but I was sitting down, and I wasn't really paying attention to the crowd. And uh, there's a woman talking to me about my art and, uh, you know, how I got started and blah, blah, blah. And I'm painting this, uh, you know, kind of Krampus-looking horned devil thing. And uh, I'm shooting the shit back and forth with her, and it got really quiet. So I kind of look up, and there's an entire... Uh, table had gotten up and like laying hands and praying over top of me <laughs> and i'm like trying to grab my phone i'm like i gotta go facebook live and get this shit on camera <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> like, that's all worthwhile right there yeah that's a, that's a high point man that's a highlight of a, of any artist any dark artist <laughs> career right there <laughs> i got the blessings yeah Wow, I worked on a movie one time that was done by these uh, self-produced. It's called. It's bad. It's bad. It's called <laughs> Raging Angels, I think. That's oh, beautiful. Yeah, and we did uh, like a demon and an angel creature, but I remember during when we met with them, they would they would put their hands on our head like. To, to bless us when we were going off to create the creatures they like put the hands on the head and be like oh jesus you know <laughs> let him do let them do work through you them and do create a amazing demon <laughs> it was really uncomfortable <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
but I let him do it. I don't care. Um, yeah. So, uh, wow. Yeah, that's. That... <laughs> <laughs> but that I, I, I again, though, I come back to, you know, you're a good example of, of how to make it happen. You know, make your opportunities. You have to. And you you got to be able to adapt. Like yeah. so many artists stuck in this, you know, you know, straightforward mindset. Like this is how it's going to go. This is how I'm going to do it. And, you know, that's how it's going to work. And that's not how it works at all. It's it never fucking, works that way. <laughs> river and you got to swim different paths and watch out for fucking crocodiles and all sorts of shit. Yeah, absolutely. It's that's uh, that's one thing that also comes up on the on the podcast a lot is um, how different every artist's path is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no two are, the, two, are, two are the same. It's really weird. It's weird. It's it's like, you know, I can't think of another job that has such varied <laughs> ways of getting to where you want to be, you know. Um, and and with, uh, you know, now and now you're on Patreon as well. It's like that's another another. It's like you're kind of doing all these different whatever you can think of to do without being like, I won't. Sh I'm not going to show in a bar. I'm, I'm too good for showing at a bar. It's like fuck that shit, you yeah, know. I've, I've sold some of my biggest pieces at a bar. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my attitude when I started showing was, I'll show any place that will have me. I'll show there. Fuck I, yeah. You know, I showed at coffee shops. I showed anywhere that would take me. I was like, you know, because the gallery in, in the beginning, the galleries weren't super open to me, obviously. So I was like, you know, any that take. They're willing to let me show. I'm going to be ap totally grateful to. And right. I never had any, you know, never thought I was too good for any place to show. And that served me well, you know. That's the way I was able to establish myself and, right. you know, get get going, just to get started. But, um, so, yeah, I just, uh, I, I, knowing that you're on Patreon as well, it's like, you're, it's, 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 it's interesting to hear all the different things you've done. And I think it would be valuable for other artists, you know, that, that have, that aren't full time to hear. Well, they'll, they'll hear it on here too, but I'm telling yeah. you, you could, you could, you could sell a class. You could do like, uh, like motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I think Shane Isaacowski did, did something recently where it was like, a, you know, like a paid. Yeah. Really. He's, he's an artist that all younger artists should look at and copy. Like, Oh yeah. He does it. He's, what's that i said shane's smart he knows what he's doing totally yeah 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 it's great it's awesome to see him uh yeah yeah that's i mean take take the bull by the horns and kind of create his own opportunities it's like like it's what you're doing it's what i just love it i love people that aren't taking a passive role and waiting for something to come along because it's like it doesn't happen it doesn't work that way <laughs> No, and that's that's what I love about meditation and manifestation is that you you fucking make it happen. You have the power to make it happen. Right. Like once you kick that doubt out of your brain, things start flowing your way. Right. Yeah, and it's empowering, you know. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the the one of the things that helped me, I I feel like it's gotten me here. Of course it's um 20 years of grinding as well, but, <laughs> uh, I know, and I'm sure 
I'm sure I talked about this. I'm, t- I'm sure I talked about this a million times, but I think I've talked recently, maybe on one of the Ryan Peterson episodes, but, um, uh, you know, my, I was doing my, my visualization or my magic stuff. Uh, for a long time, I was like, I would, I would manifest what I needed to pay the bills that month. Right. And it's like, and at the end, and then the next month it would be, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fine line between manifesting and hustling and putting your stuff out there. You know, it's like, they're both kind of, you're doing the same thing, but in in different ways. But, um, when I started thinking about what I wanted in my life, like clear vision and how to, you know, what do I want to manifest in my career? It was less about, I want this much money or I want to be able to, you know, pay these bills every month more and it's more broadening the perspective to i want financial security through my artwork right. and really gearing it towards that you and that <laughs> oh, sorry Hold it's on okay one second. Uh, yeah it's on the record player but front oh, okay thank you i brought you a cinnamon roll oh sweet cinnamon roll all right <laughs> right <laughs> on my my most profound point of the podcast yeah. no i'm just kidding cinnamon roll <laughs> But what I was, what I was saying was that instead of focusing on being more specific, I started focusing on I just want more financial security through my artwork, yeah. and that was mentally what I was focusing on. And it's it's gotten more like that and less of a like every month, you know, because it's been like every month for fifteen years straight, every month, you know, and it's like, uh, I gotta change this up. This is this is too much. So it's like just kind of by focusing not even logical. I'm talking about the manifestation part. Yeah. The visualization, the meditation. It was it's more about like focusing on just, you know financial security. That's uh, ongoing financial security. And so anyway, that's my little creativity. Yeah. Visualization tip of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that because, you know, I'd get in the, yeah, that's it. Like, I'd get in the same funk where, you know, it's like, okay, today's Tuesday, Thursday. If I don't make this much money, the electric's getting shut off. Right. So, and then, you know, Wednesday night comes along. I hear a little ding from PayPal. You're like, you sold this painting. All right, cool. There's the electric bill. Right. <laughs> Did that for so long. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. But then I hit a point where I'm like, why the fuck am I focusing on a bill right now? Right. And it not being paid. Right. Yeah. Broaden my, my, my viewpoint and, uh, you know, attract so much more. Right. Instead of just being like, okay, cool. The electric's paid. What's next? Like you said, you know, focus on, you know, financial security. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it works. I mean, it's worked for me. It's gotten a lot easier in that way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, again, it's that kind of vicious cycle thing again, yeah. where it's like, you know, you get in that, you, you, you're paying your bills, but it's so tight yeah. that, that you, you become, come to expect that. And it just over and over and over. And it's like, you know, you can keep doing that forever and your bills will always get paid and you won't get kicked out of your house, but you're right. going to be stressed every month or every week when, when the bill comes up or whatever, you know? So, and it really starts to affect the artwork. Yeah, uh, I was doing uh, for about a year and a half. I did nothing but uh, pet portrait commissions, and because they were great money, right? And 
I, I love doing them now, but it's like at the end of that year and a half, I was like, I don't want to fucking paint anymore. I was like, I didn't paint a single thing that I ever wanted. Right. That I'm, it was just like, all right, I've got this deadline. I've got this deadline. I finished this piece. I'm on to this piece. Um, and at the end of it, I was like, I'm, I'm just going to take some time off. And uh, it got to a point where I was like, if I'm painting solely just to make money, either I hate it or <laughs> it's not as it's not as good as it could be if it was something that I was like, all right. So that's why I started doing the, the My Pet Monster portraits. I'm like, I can combine monsters and pets, still make the pet portrait money, but also have, you know, a little bit more fun with it. Yeah, that's smart. And yeah, when you when you start adding, like, uh, when you start enjoying it a lot more and uh, stop focusing on, well, I'm getting this much money for this piece, it just seems to, like, the artwork gets better and you you tend to like attract more sales that way too. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Cause really, you know what, what's going to attract more sales, I believe ultimately is focusing on your artwork <laughs> in a, yeah. in a weird way. It's like the more you focus and, and don't, you know, focus negative attention towards all the things you lack money, bills, whatever, I don't know. It just seems, it seems like it, uh, you know, you know, the bottom line is if you're doing your, the magicians call it true will. If you're doing your, the thing you're meant to be doing, then, you know, the other stuff will begin to fall into place. And I think, you know, that's, that's the main thing. It's like, we're, uh, uh, you know, we found, we found our thing. And then after that, you, you know, you start, once you're doing your thing, it's easier to, the layers of ego start kind of peeling away. And then, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just the way it goes. It's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> like, full of layers. <laughs> What's that? It's like an onion. It's full of layers. Yeah. It's like an ego awesome blossom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was going to, oh, I wanted to talk about like your, your, your artwork specifically in your techniques yeah. and i mean it's like how do you go about creating uh, a painting i mean what's just when well, it's just you're left to your own devices i mean yeah. do you do prep work or studies or do you just go for it or do you have color certain colors that you use blah 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 you know all the technical shit i'm into there's no single way that i other than the the steps that i teach the class with every painting that i start is completely different like uh sometimes i'll just do a real messy background uh spray everything down with water, you know, leave it outside, let it dry and crack up a little bit for about a week or so and then mm. see what comes from that. Um, other times I'll get some watercolor paper out, spill some ink and do like a, a Ralph Steadman type. What the fuck can I make from this mess? Right. And uh, those are really fun, especially if you don't know what to do. Just make a fucking blob on a canvas or watercolor paper or whatever and just make it into something. A hundred percent. Like if you're if you're stuck on something, by the time you're done with that, your creativity's flowing. Right. Yeah. That's a great. Uh, I was talking to, I think Dan Colonna. Dan Colonna. I always say Colonna. Colonna. He's you know he he's on the he does the art zooms and everything and and uh, he's really into. Uh, he's been getting me thinking about it more. Um, creating patterns out of you know paint 
press some paper down, lift it off, and just to get a weird pattern in it, and that kind of gets your gets your mind going. It's such a great way to work. It's really cool. You know, I back. Oh, go ahead. No, I don't do. I was just gonna say I don't do it enough. I, I, I'm like every time I hear about it, I'm like I gotta do that again. I used to do that. I used to put so much effort into making backgrounds. Like I would just spend a week making a stack of sixteen by twenty backgrounds. And I would take uh, acrylic paint and wet it down real nasty and uh, take uh, cellophane, plastic wrap, and then just wrap the canvases and let them dry fully and then peel that off. And it would make like these weird ridges and so you know, cool. looking faces that you could pick out of the shit. And then just go from there and see what it is. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, I do. I just like, I want to do that more. Same with uh, Vanessa Lemon. I want to take her class so bad. Yeah, she's amazing. But, amazing. but but she's that's kind of what she's doing, you know. She's doing all those weird shapes and and finding finding the uh, the image in there. And I guess it's just another way of communicating with your artwork in a sense. Because I've said it before, it's like you know, I feel like as an artist, my jo- my job is to step out of the way and um let the painting tell me what it needs. So I'm like, right. I'm, I'm obeying the, the painting. It's like, I'm, I'm looking at it that way. Whereas the painting is the boss and I'm just the guy who's there to bring it into existence. And, um, so it's like, that's, that's kind of just a, like a, a, a way of establishing initial contact with your painting. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> and it's such a cool, I love the idea. And it really, it's like, it's a lot like tarot or any kind of, it's like a divination sort of in a way. You know, like where you're taking a random uh, a random chance event, like pulling a card out or, or eching, throwing the throwing the coins, yeah. to, to you know to get a a, a course, you know get to get a message. It's like it's the same it's the same kind of thing, which well, I never thought of until just now. It's also like the uh, the paint is not the medium; we're the medium. And we're also the psychic medium, and these ideas are floating around in the ether around us. They choose us. And flow through with us as being the medium, and we just make a mess out of it. Right. So, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's kind of your, you know, at least I'm, that's the way it sounds like you and I both um, see it. It's like, well, it's like when, when you see something, you're like, man, I had that thought a while ago, but I didn't do it. Right. It's like all of those thoughts are fucking there for anybody. Like, yeah. That's what, yeah, that's David Lynch's big. David yeah. Lynch says that a lot. It's like you know, the person who does it, person who does it first gets the credit. Yeah. But the ideas are out there floating around. Millions and billions and like every idea that possibly could exist, and every variation of that idea, to every degree, is exists in the field of like pure potentiality. That sounded deep. Yeah. <laughs> His book, uh, Catching the Big Fish, is like. That was a game changer for me with meditation and the way I, I viewed it. And, oh, uh, I haven't it. read that. It's it's really, I've got it on audiobook too, that he reads it. So it's, oh. always, it's always awesome to hear. His I'm going to get it today. I'm going to get it today on audiobook. <laughs> yeah, because he's got it. I love his voice. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish he would read it as, uh, as uh, what's his name from Twin Peaks? Uh, uh, Cole. Who? <laughs> was it? I can't think of his name. It's, his character speaks where he just screams. Oh yeah, <laughs> Gordon can't, Cole. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't hear anything. 
<laughs> that would be great. <laughs> That'd be annoying probably after about two hours. <laughs> it's like, God damn. I'll go meditate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it drives you to meditation. That's awesome, man. Yeah, this is... Uh, uh, I, I want to go and paint like that now. <laughs> I challenge you to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I got to get my book done. I got to get my book done. <laughs> I'm so close to getting that thing done. I'm like completely... I was able to do... Um, like start laying it out. Just doing a mock-up so I can have the... Yeah. The graphic designer is going to, you know, basically just so she knows where to place things, basically how sections are going to work. Yeah. But to see it, like to be able to see it was just like, ah, I'm so <laughs> close. It's so amazing. It's like, awesome. finally, I could see it. And, and, you know, that was like two days ago when I just put this uh, PDF, started this PDF thing file that looks like a book. And I've completely re-energized, but, you know, I've got. I have a bunch of paintings I got to do for it. So it's like, that doesn't work quite as well with, I think the, the, uh, the Rorschach right. thing, you know, because I, it's, it's like, I know what I need to paint. So I kind of don't really, I guess I don't need that for that. But, um, right. as soon as I'm done with the book, I'm going to do it. I want to see the dystopia, uh, cigarette shop. Because <laughs> yeah. kids are smoking. They got to yep. be buying it somewhere. The tobacconist. So some little shack, like almost like a clerk's two shack or a clerk's shack. Totally. You know, with two behind the counter peddling smokes to everybody. Totally. I just I just saw it when you said that. Yeah, I might have to include that. That's one one area that I need to, to fill out is the cities, like some city set I don't okay, I don't want to talk about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> but um okay, so uh Let's talk about your color. You know, you're yeah. really into these bright colors. And uh, uh, how do you approach that? Do you just kind of like, do you have your go-to colors? That um, you, or do you just kind of go for it? You can't just go for it because if you just use every color and go for it, it's going to look like shit. But it's like you've got a palette you usually use kind of, it seems like. These kind of purples really, and magentas and stuff like that you're really into and blues. I never it, but uh, the, the palette I go to... Uh, you know, first is uh, the same colors of the My Pet Monster. It's got magenta, purples, blues, greens, yellow. That's and, funny. Uh, <laughs> my wife pointed it out because I did this one painting of an octopus in those exact same colors. And she's like, it looks like My Pet Monster. <laughs> now, I look at all my other older paintings. I'm like, fuck, there it is. <laughs> did you grow up with My Pet Monster or was that after your time? No, I grew up. I remember raking my grandma's yard, which was god huge for like two dollars every week to save up money to buy a 26 dollar my pet monster wow and i remember when i finally got it and i carried it home i was like this is it i was like i've got a best friend <laughs> <laughs> and I, i've got him i don't know if you can see him oh up yeah there. yeah yeah that's a that's so cool <laughs> so you you are the originator of the my pet monster palette for fine art <laughs> need to trademark that shit (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny yeah it's funny how stuff from from childhood seeps in like that yeah that whole color scheme just it mainlines like anything i see in it i'm like i I like it (laughs) wow yeah yeah that's great so you you i guess it's like uh 
Well, not necessarily. I was thinking it seems like you te- lean towards cool colors like blues and purples and stuff, but but I've seen plenty of stuff where you've got reds and oranges and yellows. and I like mixing it up a little bit. Um, I really don't have a plan when I first start. Um, and in a lot of my live videos, you'll see me do like a little splotch here, a little splotch there, just kind of testing shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a big painting that's just out of my head, I, I rarely even sketch or do studies or anything like that. It's all just there right yeah i love that i love uh that that's like the heart in the harley you have that harley brown book did you did you get that book yeah you gotta get it it's great um uh essential truths for every artist i think it's called i love that book but one of the things he says is when you start painting he's like first thing to do is just throw some paint on the canvas you can show it who's boss you know just (laughs) i love that dude (laughs) he's awesome (laughs) But it's true though. When just putting something yeah. on is like it breaks you through. Yeah. Because a blank canvas is just like, ah, oh, what the hell? But if it's you so intimidating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you just get something on there, anything, it'll be like, okay, I have put some paint down on the canvas. Um, uh, what was I saying though? <laughs> I was talking about. See, now I'm blanking out. I was talking about. Uh, do you remember? We we're talking about your technique. And uh, I was going to say something. Wait a minute. It's going to come to me. Just wait. Don't say anything. Um, well, I think it was that I already said that, though. I was thinking that when the book's done, I'm definitely going to do more of these um, paintings like that. You know? Yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, I I did that before where I laid out, like, a whole solo shows canvases and laid them in the background, put paper down and just like spattered um, yeah. terps. And, but it was all like burnt umber and terps all over the whole thing just to get backgrounds. And then I kind of painted my normal thing on top of that rather than using the backgrounds to spark my imagination, which is, it's right. just as a, as an exercise, I think it would be really fun to do. And I used to paint like that when I first started but yeah. I became more formulaic in my approach. And so now I feel like, man, I want to get away from that and just be more, you know, creative and weird and just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Get messy with it. Yeah, get messy. Yeah, that's that's one thing I wanted to bring up also is I love the mess you make on your paintings. You know, I, that's another thing that's that I really want to get back to is is or get to because i've never really gotten there all as far as i'd like to but that's one of the things i love about your stuff is it's it's super expressive and it's just like you know paint splatter everywhere when i first start something like in my head it's almost like i'm thinking like an illustrator and everything has to have like a perfect outline and everything has to be perfectly done but that that's in my head and then my my artistic brain takes over and it's like, no, if you do that, you're going to drive yourself crazy because that's not how you create. Huh. This is how you, like just, yeah, put a blob on canvas and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I could. It's funny that you you were such a you wanted to be a comic book artist because I can see that element now, you know, like the, with hard lines and outlines and things like that. But um, I love how it's like you're combining that kind of almost like a comic book style in a way with 
messy, loose painting, which is really, yeah. really cool and interesting. When I was uh, when I was trying to you know learn different techniques, I would uh, you know take a solid month and try and draw or paint like a different artist. Like I I studied Ralph Steadman for years, huge huge fan of his. Me too. And, uh, I I basically copied him for about six months, just trying you know different ink splotch, uh, different brush lengths to get uh, certain uh, uh, droplets and shit like that. And it's uh, a great idea. It was almost like, you know, taking take what you love from learning from different artists and then smashing it together and mm -hmm. making, making it yours. Yeah. So, so somebody who's a fan of those other artists like, hey, I see that little part of the canvas. That's that's a little nod to Stedman or For sure. a little nod to Basil Gogo. Yeah. 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 How long do you think? It, I mean, that's a great again, another it's another good thing that you can teach in your class on how to be a professional artist anyway um, <laughs> um so how long do you think it took you before you you found your solid voice as a as a painter um i i wouldn't say up until about three years ago three okay. or four years uh pretty fresh before i was like confident like i had people come to me and they're like hey i saw this painting you know hanging up in this place i knew it was yours because it had this distinctive style, and, you know, I could just tell. And uh, I got a lot of uh, interaction like that, and I was like, yeah, people are, are noticing what I'm doing. They're picking it out from other things. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is it. This is, it's going to happen. Right, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, that's, I mean, that's really, it's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Is develop your own style and have it be yeah, unique. Not, not completely ripping somebody else off. yeah. Because, you know, so many ideas are already taken or are, have already been done. It's like, it's, uh, my friend Gerald Tidwell is a super rad artist, and probably one of uh, my bigger influences here in town. But he was like, when you draw something, you know, don't print on a reference. He's like, because you know, five hundred other artists are printing out that exact same reference to use for their shit. Right. You know, I'm gonna draw a fifty-two Ford straight out of my head. It's gonna be wrong, but it's gonna be mine. Mm-hmm. Hmm. hmm. That's a that's a that's a good 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 approach. It's interesting. He also gave me some of the best advice ever. He said, uh, uh, "Always be a humble." Oh, wait, what was it? Always be humble, but never forget you're a badass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I can deal. that is good. That's good. It's a combination of humility and confidence. So what, another, I, oh, what? Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You go ahead. That's another thing I try and tell so many artists. Uh, like it, it bothers me when I get on Facebook and I see you know really, really awesome artists be like, hey, you know, just these sad, sappy posts. Like nobody's buying my art. Right. You know, blah. You know, I can't do anything, so I'm just gonna quit. Or you know, everything's ten dollars. I'm like, confidence sells more than talent any day. Right. You're like. Hey, listen up, people. This is what I fucking made. I fucking love it, and I want you to love it as much as I do. Right. It's going to be like, I pick up on that energy, and I need that thing in my life. But if you're like, oh, so sad. I, you know, I can't sell anything. People are going to be like, well, I don't want to hang fucking depression in my house. <laughs> totally. <laughs> When's your blues album coming out? Yeah, 100%, man. It's true. I mean, that's and that's just like a, a sound bus a business approach as well. It's like, you know, it's... 
part of being a salesman, but it's true. That's like, you know, you're going to sell way more work confidently being yourself than you will trying to gain sympathy or, you know, a hundred percent. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I definitely see that with, uh, with your, your presentation too online, which is, which is great. Um, do you, I mean, so, so, I mean, we're, we're at the end of our, our road here on this interview. So <laughs> well, we're at a, over an hour and a half. Um, and I got, I got to get ready cause the, the grandkids are coming today, but, um, I got to eat this cinnamon bun. Yeah. You got to eat that cinnamon <laughs> bun, man. I don't want to keep you from that, but, uh, what, <laughs> what, give me some advice for, for people that are, that are listening to this, that aren't, aren't where you're at as, as a, as an artist who came up from, from nothing, the gutter <laughs> and just built your own, forged your own path. I mean, what kind yeah, of blood, <laughs> The worst thing that an artist can give into is doubt and being comfortable. Um, once you start, once you're comfortable in what you make, it starts to get, for me personally, if I get comfortable in a, a style I'm doing, it starts to get boring and I start to lose interest and the artwork starts to, to slump. So mm-hmm. that's why I switch back and forth so much between painting and pen and ink. Cause it's like, and then I, I mesh them all together. Cause it's, you know, it's fresh, it's new. It's like, something different but if you're going to try and make it as an artist be confident in everything you do in everything you speak uh have intention with everything you put into your creative outlets um if you're gonna you know make a painting that you love make sure that you pour that love into that painting like give it your energy um i mean we've talked about it before like the the whole law of attraction thing you, you attract what you, you put into something. And if somebody else is, you know, putting out that same type of vibe, they're going to be attracted to that artwork that you put out. Totally, so, man. Yeah. Like, it, 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 there's a whole nother podcast I want to talk about with you. Let's, let's start that whole wizard, Wizards of the Dark Arts. <laughs> <laughs> the Wizards of the Dark Arts series. But, cool. Uh, main, yeah. Main thing is you got to be able to adapt. Um, if something's not working, figure out something else that will, you know, uh, and don't let your fucking pride get in the way. Like if you need to drive for a lift to make extra cash or, you know, do odd jobs, mow fucking yards so you can buy art supplies. If you want to be an artist, you'll do that shit and not even fucking worry about it. Right. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And I want to say on the confidence part, um, if you're not feeling the confidence, because your artwork isn't as good as you think it should be, you you know you have to work hard to make sure that your artwork is something you can be proud of, and you know you're doing the best you can do too. Because that's exactly. one thing that's like you can take that. I've seen people way more confident than they should be <laughs> based on what they're producing. You know what I mean? So while I I agree that you you definitely have to have the confidence and not doubt yourself, you also have to put put the work in. Yeah. To make sure it's, you know, it's, it's worth being confident about. Have a sense of realism and common sense too. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got to be able to cr- critique yourself and, and hold yourself up against artists that you think are great and, and, and be honest with yourself. And if it's not there, then fucking make it there. You know, it's just a matter of practice and doing the right. work. And it's so many not... people get 
down with the social media because they're like, well, this artist has this many likes and these many comments. And, you know, my, my piece got, you know, one like and this many comments. And it's people have to understand that social media is not what's really happening. Right. It's a highlight reel. Like, oh, you're jealous of all these people going on vacations? Well, they busted their ass the entire fucking year to go on that vacation. Right, right. Not seeing, you know, the 50, 60 week hours that they're working just to, you know, be able to go out and have some fun. Right, right. Only seeing, you know, these highlight reel, and you got to stop, stop uh, comparing yourself. Yeah. Like, you are your sole voice, and that is the only voice you need to be. You don't need to, you know, paint like Gabe Leonard or paint like Chet Czar or, you know, uh, be someone else. You need to be you as loud as possible. Yeah, hundred percent. I totally agree with that. Uh, and that's a good point to leave on because I just got a text from my son. He <laughs> said I'm bringing the girls over now. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. That was awesome. I, I appreciate it. Uh, um, yeah. What, what? Where can people find your work? I'll put it in the description as well. But just for people listening. Uh- you can buy art at solacelumen.bigcartel.com or uh, look me up on Facebook, Solace Lumen, The Art of Ryan Case. How do you spell that? Uh, S-O-L-I-S-L-U-M-E-N. And how about Patreon? Uh, Patreon.com forward slash The Case Family 138. The Case Family 138. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I really need to start revamping up our uh, Patreon and get more of the kids stuff on there too. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I've, 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 I've got some work on my own as well. But, <laughs> well, uh, thanks again for coming. That was awesome. Um, uh, people listening, you can join the Dark Art Society Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash darkartsociety. Right? Patreon.com. I keep screwing that. It's That's right, right? <laughs> patreon.com slash your name, slash. right? That's right. Dark Art Society. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um yeah and if you join for a dollar a month uh you can uh, uh you can hear the podcast a day early and get in the the uh, dark art society cooperative group i i'm the worst spokesman for this fucking thing anyway let's just wrap this up <laughs> all right thank you for coming on uh let's say good, let's say goodbye to the audience goodbye audience goodbye audience Be excellent to each other. Definitely be excellent to each other.